Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. As always, the Permission Granted Podcast is available all places that you get your podcasts. It's on the DA Show feed. It's also on its own Permission Granted feed. And it's available inside the free Odyssey app. So you can listen to us streamed live every day inside the Odyssey app. And then go ahead and listen to our podcasts as well. The 12 DAs of Christmas have continued. We are now up to number 7. But we'll start with last week's number 11 is where we left you off. And number 11 was the Blair Sandwich Project. This was where I told the story of the bat falling from my awning on the back porch, on the back deck. Oh, no. And then as I was telling it, Mraz really got scared and worried. And there's a classic line where he says, where is this going? Where is this going? Where is this going? And it was made funnier because you were not in studio with us. It was a day where you were working at home and I was in studio. And so you didn't know that we were picking up everything that you were saying very under your breath, quietly <laughs> on the microphone and pumping it way up. Right. Well, that, and that was the other part of it. I could see you guys through Zoom. This was during the sinkhole slash my whole house was sick two-week fiasco of the fall or earlier fall in my house. And oftentimes what people do is because I'll have to play back because I'm still cutting stuff up from home. He will keep me down and he'll be my ear. Hey, you're up. And this was just you were telling a story. And if Pete hears me start to laugh, maybe he'll bring me up. But I wasn't saying anything. So I'm watching you tell the story. And my reaction is, no, no. Oh, no. Like, where is this going? And you and, and you're laughing. And I'm like, okay, where? That's what also made me think, where is this going? Your laughter on screen was not la- like to me, you're not laughing at me. You're laughing at what's about to happen, and that's building my anticipation. It's so good because you're really, you are really engaged in the story. It's a fascinating story on the first here. A bat falls out on your deck and it's not moving, and you're trying to figure out how to get it off. I was locked in. <laughs> it's like you are watching a horror movie, eating popcorn, and as though, as though we would have like a microphone and an audience watching a horror film. Oh, oh, oh God. Where, where is this going? Shrieking in the back of the theater, yes. <laughs> and, then, and then I said that at one point, and this is true, I went up close to it and tried to put a shovel underneath it to pick it up and kind of throw it to the woods, and it bared its teeth. Like, <laughs> and that's where you go, Bats are so awful to me. (laughs) You painted a good picture, though. I was picturing the whole thing. It was like reading a book, which I don't do. It was like a book on tape. And then we we get to the end, and I say that it, I think I said that it lunged for my throat or something. You're like, no. And I was like, no, no, that didn't happen. That part didn't happen. But it's all the reaction, and that really doesn't happen unless you're home. It was the perfect storm where I told the story and that you were at home and you didn't know that you were on microphone, so you kept giving us this ambient, oh, God, oh, no, oh, right, oh, right. where's this going? Right, because if I say that in studio, Pete, I, Pete wouldn't have my mic on. It's just my mic always being live. That's true. Yeah, it was just a really weird day. And I think, I, again, another day, not in the right mind frame. I had been a little sick. I dealt with everything. And I'm hearing you have a bat fall out. Everything was creeping me out. To me, it was like that was like a bad aura week. I'm like, are there bats attacking DA's house now? <laughs> What's going on? So that was number 11, the Blair Sandwich Project. What a name. We bring it to number 10. And this was Joe Theismann's great reveal. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one. 
And this is so inadvertently hysterical because we had booked Joe Theismann on to talk about who knows what. It was a spring. Let's see. Might have been the quarterbacks in the draft. He might have had a take on a quarterback in the draft. Yeah, right. This was late January because remember that Washington decided to rebrand on Groundhog's Day. Right. It was February 2nd. So we had him on like January 29th, January 30th, something like that. So later in the week, it was when Washington was going to rebrand. He may not have believed in Pickett or Willis or said something like that. Yes, yes. I think it was Pickett. You're right. And so we had him on just to talk about the rookie quarterbacks or whatever, the NFL offseason. And as a total throwaway line, we've had Theismann on how many times? I mean, we probably had Theismann on more than a dozen times yeah, over definitely. the course of these 10 years. As a throwaway line, I was like, are you excited that your team is going to put out its new name this week? Nobody knew what this name was. It was under lock and key. It was a subject of so much secrecy. Washington, as part of this reband, trying to build up the attention. They were leaking videos of how they came to the decision, snippets of what the jersey might look like. Everybody was trying to guess. I mean, this was an enormous, enormous rebrand. And as we pointed out on the show, we could live so long as to never see this again, where a team stays in the same city and changes its names. It's so (laughs) rare. Throughout NFL history, we only were able to come up with one other time that this happened when the New York Titans became the New York Jets between 1961 and 1962 right. or something. It just it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. <laughs> no, it doesn't. If teams get rebranded like the Browns to the Ravens, like the Oilers to the Titans, it's always because they moved. Right. It never happens when you stay in your city and you have years upon years of tradition like Washington. You would never rebrand. But we happen to have two of them this year, Washington and then the Cleveland Indians into the Cleveland Guardians. So – in the NFL, th- this might never happen. So it's a source of great speculation. And and people were into guessing, too. Yeah. That was the other part of this. There was a lot of trying to, like, internet sleuthing that was going on where people had different theories. And nobody had settled on the commanders. Like, they were one of the theories put out there. But that was the other part that made this so interesting was the internet. Like, people were into trying to guess. Yep. Sentinels. Red Wolves. I guess there's already been the capitals, but like monuments. There's red all, tails. Red tails. These were all ones. The, the hogs. hogs. Yes. And we we spent months trying to figure out what it was going to be and guessing and voting. So just as a throwaway line. Yeah. So, Joe, what do you think about, uh, are you excited that at the end of the week you're going to have a new team name? And he's like, yeah, I, I think Washington fans are really going to like the commanders. And at the moment, our eyes are like, what? Wait a second. And <laughs> my eyes lock with yours. And we we look at Bilotti and Bogus and was like, did he just say what we think he said? And then he doubles down on it. Well, there's a lot of commanders in Washington. <laughs> there's the commanders in chief. There are commanders in the army. And there's a lot of commanders. We're like, oh my God, he's giving this away. <laughs> Nobody in the nation knew. Just inadvertently giving this away. And then I said as kind of a rope him up a little bit, like, oh, so you like the commanders, huh? Yeah, I, I do. I think it's going to be good. And so we we're like, oh, my God, I think that Theismann just blew it. So we pull that clip and then tweet it out and send it to some outlets, I suppose. Sure enough, they pick it up. And then Theismann is under fire the next day for blowing the surprise. Then has to lie. Oh, I don't really know. I, that was just a guess. I don't really know. Well, yeah, it felt like the commanders put other people out on radio hits to, you know, act like it was a diversion tactic. Nobody actually knows. Uh, you know, maybe Joe's slipping something to make people think the other way. Like, the, everything was, the stops were pulled out to try to cover up that he had leaked it. All because an hour show. And it was just a random booking. Yeah. It, it wasn't like he was on as part of the rebrand. And that was the other part. Other people had suggested, when they didn't want to believe that he had leaked it, oh, Theismann, you know, he went, he's on a, a radio tour on purpose to save the wrong name. Like, I could tell you he was the person that booked it, and there was no radio tour. And then of all the things we get to the morning of, people are still wondering. The pieces are starting to come together. There's a helicopter that saw through the team shop's window, and it, there was a commander's jersey or something. We all were rooting, by the way, that morning we showed up. We're like, he better be right. Yeah. And then we finally get there, and of all the things, we open up <clears throat> the proceedings with Dan Snyder saying the worst-kept secret in Washington it's the Washington Commanders, <laughs> and everybody laughs. 
all because Joe Theismann said that in our show, that the whole city was disappointed <laughs> and the whole proceeding was a downer because Joe Theismann slipped up on our show. <laughs> Theismann was in their hype video when they finally unveiled the name, which showed he was well aware that he was in the gear. Absolutely. Number nine is Pork Shank Redemption. And this is where I was trying to piece together how this came about, but I believe back in January of last year, we were talking about your hysterical day-to-day life and said how great it would be if there was a narrator for your life, how that fun that would be. Right. And then we said it would be great if it was Morgan Freeman because he he lends a gravitas to every single thing that he narrates, whether it's commercials or movies or TV shows or whatever. And that of Morgan Freeman talking about your life would be particularly hysterical. So I then write the script. I get it voiced. We have it sent to the studio. And we we play this for you without you knowing. And you're blown away. Blown away that, that Morgan Freeman could be talking about Nancy blaming farts on you. Fat and- sisters, <laughs> missing my dips. The sound on for the Saints-Falcons. Everything was so perfect. And emotionally, you're scrambled at that point in time. You don't know if it's real. You don't know if it's fake. You don't know if how I got it. If it is real, you you just, your head is spinning. And if you look at the dates now, I believe this might have been a week after you guys had pranked me on the PGP. <laughs> I, it was a big January. It was a big, it, all that month. So there was a lot happening in my head in January and at that point, you guys had had me fooled. I was like a guy stepping up to the plate that had no answer for a certain reliever. What What's coming at me? Is this a prank? Is this not a prank? What's going on? Are you, is this a, a gift back to me? I don't know. <laughs> Pork Shank Redemption is a really good nickname, too. That one was a special <laughs> nickname. And so was this the one that capped? Oh, no. We, that was Shepard oh, for yeah. shorts. So that was Monday. Then we get to number eight on Tuesday, and this became the first controversial moment of the 12 DAs. Yeah, 12 DAs become shaken to its core at number eight. Number eight is the battle at Bob's, a.k.a. the brawl at Bob's, a.k.a. Shep versus Schwartz. We're at Bob's Bar. This is early June, the second annual Bob's Bar remote, and it was cool that both Shep and Schwartz showed up. For sure. Oh, oh, by the way, Greg Cassert is there, too, in the middle of both of them. Greg Caserta was there. <laughs> this is very early in the Greg Caserta um, timeline. Yeah. Caserta came with bagels and high noons. He's he's very interested in the show. He's starting to fill in a little bit, but he wants to be a part of, you know, kind of get to get to know us. Yeah. Schwartz comes because Schwartz doesn't live too far from you. Right. And, of course, he figured free breakfast. And Shep shows up just out of moral support. Good team player. He's a good team player, shows up. We don't have anything planned for Schwartz. We don't have anything planned for Shep. We don't have anything planned for Caserta. They are all three there on their own volition just to be supportive and and see the show, which is awesome. And this is probably hour four. I think it's the final hour of the show. It's the second to last segment. And I I know behind the scenes because there's so much going on in the I mean, it's just it's chaotic. It it's the most chaotic show. I had turned to you and I said, Hey, these three are all here. Should we kind right. of thank them yep. for showing up because they came, whatever, and you said, good idea, let's line them up here. And, you know, Pete's with the headphone, he's hustling like a DJ. We're getting them all figured out. This is after Connor's been booed, clearly, and everything. Yep. So we line them up standing next to each other at a mat, what basically is a beer pong table that we're doing the show, yes. one by one by one. We had pulled off this crazy, wild, chaotic show. Pete the Body was amazing, as you're talking about, on headphones, orchestrating the whole thing, who's on headset, levels, the band, when they're going to play, all this type of stuff. It was, it took a lot. Remember, I almost had no voice. Yes. I was coming off of no voice. You had to have a couple days off that week. That was early June. Why did I have no voice? I don't know. You you said you woke up that, that Monday or whatever. Yeah. Then I think you took maybe Tuesday, Wednesday <laughs> off. And yeah. wanted to work Thursday to kind of hype up that, you know, the show was back and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then I showed up and I was like, I got four hours in me. I got four hours of my voice in me. It's after game one of the NBA finals. That was that night. Yeah. And remember the night before we, me, you, and Bilotti go out to eat and I don't even have any alcohol to drink. No. I'm like, I, I can't. And low risk- energy. There was concern in the, in the, in the yeah. locker room. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a Willis Reed thing. 
And so I had four hours, and we had gotten through three and a half hours unscathed. And it was, it, we pulled it off. This is just going to be an easy thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Caserta. Caserta's like, this has been great. So cool to be part of it. Thanks, Schwartz. Schwartz is like, this is great. So glad to be part of it. Thank you, Shep. And Shep grabs the microphone out of Bogus's hands. Oh. They, he had a wireless mic, grabs it right out of his hands, and begins addressing the crowd as though he was like this great orator. So he was <laughs> Lincoln at the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> the hand motions pointing out to everybody. <laughs> and, and some people liked it because Shep is one thing. He's heartfelt. But some people did not like it. They thought it was grandstanding, seizing the moment for himself. We found out later that Pete the Body felt that way. <laughs> so everyone, everyone's like, wow, Shep's really going on and on and on. And at this point, Schwartz says, what is wrong with you? And off mic, too, was natural Schwartz. Because Schwartz is standing in front of me. I have the mic. And he just blurts out, what is wrong with you? You know, where the mic for me is to come in. What did you say? And then... Knockout Neil gives the big, thank, thank you. you, thank you. Knockout Neil, upon hearing Schwartz call out Shep, goes, thank you. <laughs> and that gives Schwartz a little bit extra juice because then Shep goes, what? And and Schwartz goes, what planet are you on? And Knockout Neil goes again, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Schwartz can sense this is my moment to come back in the good graces here with the crowd. And at this point in time, because Schwartz was a punching bag of ours for all of 2021 into 2022, and this was the flip moment. This well, is when was, everything changed. And this is also a moment where it's two DA show punching bags. <laughs> Which one are you going to get behind? It's like Survivor. <laughs> so, Shep immediately goes on the defensive, understandably so, and then Shep launches into, how dare you boo our future boss, Connor Green. <laughs> <laughs> and so everything is now, we had just softly landed 15 minutes until the show is over, and now all hell is breaking loose. <laughs> and <laughs> these two are My fighting. Aunt Pat's like, why are they fighting? So in the middle of this crowd of people underneath the tiki bar overhang with microphone in tow... They just start screaming at one another. And Musician J House warming up, looking like, what, "What is this real?" And it's and it's really personal, and it's stuff that we didn't know were buried beneath the surface on both those guys. We didn't Had know. We they... known maybe we don't do the segment. Yeah, and so Schwartz starts calling out Shep for being manipulative. Shep starts calling out Schwartz. I mean, it's it, it just goes so sideways, and we're all like, "What?" And my sense at the moment is. Let this go. It's good radio. This is crazy. Let Just let it go. You're kind of sense of the same thing, but you're getting a little nervous because you know it's like a weird confrontation. It's I know it's becoming awkward, and it, I felt like a referee in an NHL fight. We're like, okay, this is going to get out of hand here. <laughs> and there's this image, and I could tell you it basically had it. Your voice, everything. And on the video, it's so great because you're holding your hand on your head. And it's like you're just trying to think, like, what is going on yeah. here? Why is that? And it's not until... Shep mutters the actual full first and last name of a former boss and what he felt about either one of them, then I decide that's it, the fight's over, because it can only escalate from there. It's too insidey once we get into naming yeah. our former boss. And bosses. I don't want to be answering to other bosses about why we're dragging dirty laundry. Through. Yeah, yeah, good point. So you jump in, you're like, okay. And that was the right moment because at first, everyone's looking in like, oh my God, they're going at one another. At some point after three or four minutes of this, people start tuning out like, okay, are we done with these right. two guys yelling at one another? And that's when the crowd started to turn on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so then you're like, okay. And so that breaks it up. Well, that creates such a massive firestorm back here in the studio. Our listeners, we had the video because Cap was recording it all on a right. separate video so we could push, put, push that out on Twitter. It was a massive moment. So Shep has been a central point of the show for a long time as a cameo. Uh, Schwartz, same thing, but now Schwartz is back in good graces. When I saw the vote come up with this at only number eight, I'm like, wow, that's low for Shep Schwartz. Now, granted, I think I had it at six, you said. 
Yeah. And I think Bogus had it at five, and you had it at seven or something. So we were right around where it was going to be. It five, six, been, seven. It might have been five, seven, eight. Five, seven, eight. Something it ended like up that. at eight. Yes. So, but I mean, of course it has to be a 12. One of the, it has to be. And both yeah. Bellotti and Cap left it off their ballot entirely, which led to the controversy. You cannot tell this story of the 2022 DA show without Shep versus Schwartz. It's the greatest internal fight of all time. Yes. And it happens at, for better or worse, our premier event yes. of the year. Right. Right. And it happens in real time, live in front of a crowd. Right. So Cap leaving it off was, he admitted an oversight. Now, he said he would only have put it at 14, which I think he's covering his own butt. I think upon hearing it, he would vote it higher. I don't think it can be left without the I think he would vote it higher, but he almost had to stick to his guns a little yeah. bit. But he says, you know, I, I would have had the bat story below it. and um, I think I should have had it higher. Like, to me, I think it's a top five moment when I look at the list now. When you listen back to it and look at the list and really yeah. consider the context of yes. it. Yeah, it's that's what I mean. I probably had a little too low as well. It's so good. But Bellotti leaving it off and was adamant. These guys don't deserve the attention. It was a low point. There were other better moments of the... Bob's Bar Show. I'm going to interrupt you right there. You're going to hear this twice on the podcast because we taped Side B already, but I need your thoughts on this. When he says that, it didn't dawn on me in real time on Tuesday. Here's my question. If he really felt that way, if that was really an excuse as to why he didn't vote it, why didn't he say something during the voting process? We didn't have to exclude Badlands Booker chugging coffee or Connor Green being turned into a pizza, but Pete didn't say a word. So you know what? The more I think about that excuse from Pete, I think it's it's bullshit, frankly. Well, again, I think we've identified <laughs> we've identified this card that was being played during the voting. Pete was going to have a few personal votes. We didn't know this was one of them. We knew the fact journal oopsie was going to be one of the political cards he plays. Yeah. We didn't know this was, but this was one of them. This was a personal thing for it's him. It's an agenda. It was an agenda-driven vote. Which is not how you vote on the 12th It's not DA. supposed have, to be. You vote on memorable, and there's no right way to define memorable, but I know the right way to define it is not your personal agenda. <laughs> That's right. And so when I said, well, Pete, you just didn't vote this because you don't like either one of those guys. No, no, no. That's not why I didn't do it. No, no, no. But when you peel back the curtain, the more you ask him, the more it really was. He didn't like that Schwartz and Shep grandstanded and, and you know, monopolized the moment, which is fair to feel that way, but it shouldn't affect the vote. But, but that's the thing. Because the vote shouldn't be personal. What he's saying is not wrong. They did grandstand the moment. It was terrible that they did that. But that's also why it's one of the most memorable yeah. moments of the year. Yeah. Because they did is what makes it memorable Memorable doesn't mean it was right. And so Pete starts from a spot of, I don't like that this happened. I don't want to reward it. And he said that eventually. Reward it. <laughs> but, you know, it takes him a lot of rationalization along the way to give you the other reasons. There were other better moments. Right. and But ultimately this was that he felt a disrespect to the show. And I think he thinks it disrespected him. Because he was the orchestrator on the day, and that these guys, specifically Shep, seized the microphone, really hijacked it. And I don't think, I think he felt disrespected that that happened. Enough. Honestly, that's the only thing I can say. Just enough. It's okay to laugh at nonsense, because that's, in the end, think about it. It's Shep and Schwartz, two, and we love them, hearts of gold, dopes, arguing about who said what <laughs> in 2015 behind the other's back. At a, a made-up tiki bar that we've had people travel from Pennsylvania and Connecticut to come watch, and we're going to punish them? <laughs> and even though I think Shep versus Schwartz, the battle at Bob's, should, should be. What do they call the Kellen Winslow game? It's like something. When he's at carried the, off the field? Yeah, something at the Orange Bowl. The NFL Films calls it something at the Orange Bowl. I forget. That wasn't the, the epic at the Orange oh, Bowl okay. is what they call that. The epic of the that's what is the the battle at Bob's the Battle Bar. Of Bob's. <laughs> it's kind of perfect, even though it should have gone higher. That it's steeped in such controversy, yeah, because it is such an epic moment. And again, that that moment is going to be the moment that 
when you go through the archives and, you know, we pass one day and people go through all these files, <laughs> well, this happened, this happened. <laughs> it's going to be the only representation of Bob's Bar in this list, and it falls at number eight, where last year's, you know, hot, cold water, whatever, that was number one. So there is a gap there. In many ways, it did get punished. It did get punished because a Bob's Bar moment probably should be top three. Hmm. So you're saying cold water was when we <laughs> dumped the water on you, yeah. hit you with the dodgeballs. That was number one last year. Yeah. And this is seven slots after at the same event, which many would argue was a better event than year one. And yeah. this is the, the, you know, the represent, you know, the captain of that. Right. So I would argue it's either that great a year or in many ways, Pete got his wish and it was punished. That's both, very deep. Both but, are true. Yeah. Both are true. This year's candidacy was really deep. I mean, again, does it does it jump over an oopsie? Does it jump over a fat journal? Probably not. But does it deserve better than eight? It does. I think this is one of those moments where, and I don't disagree with the way we do the voting or anything, but I think if we did have a discussion before the votes were finally submitted and it was like the NFL Hall of Fame, yeah. I think that you could have swayed people into getting this into the top three, yeah. four, or five. I really do. I think you're right. So this one had it all, and and perfectly so, which leads us to number seven and today's, which was the PGP prank, which was Shed Happens. And <laughs> it's long to describe, and it's got a lot of twists and turns, but ultimately, I think you said, I can say it on the, well, I guess, well, what's really funny is that we can curse on this if we want to because it's not over the air. Right. We're not supposed to because it's an Odyssey property, because it's a company property, but we're allowed to. I think that you came pretty close to saying it, and so I wanted to catch you in that last year, and so then I, I built this behind-the-scenes rigmarole where we were going to have fake attorneys call in, HR department, throw it up the flagpole to spike, our boss, all these types of things, and it put you in hook, line, and sinker, and um, and that ends up being number seven because you were scared that you were going to get in trouble, you were defending yourself. But the best part about this is how mad you were. Being paranoid yeah. of punishment, understandable. Being scared was understandable. But being really angry at me because you felt that yeah. the HR departments called me, which was fake, and that I should have directed it directly to you. Yeah. And then I played them on the air, and you thought that I had submarined you because I didn't tell you first. You're right. There's no doubt about it. And you said to beat DA's dead to me. Yeah, I did. I know everything went through my day. Like, I could close my eyes and be in that day. And, it, like, <laughs> the whole thing with that that I think really made me so angry was, number one, how believable it was, right? Alan and legal. We made that joke. Uh, Laura and legal. And I'm hearing the voicemails, and there's an, uh, a, a little seed of doubt where I'm like, should are we even allowed to play the voicemails? But, <laughs> you know, you've done a lot of fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants stuff that, to me, I'm like, DA may not even know that we're supposed to be doing this. And then I fixated on that. But then you talk about, you know, calling our boss Spike, and then this going on. And then I start to have this panic of, I don't even remember the conversation, period. Um, and, I, <laughs> and it was like a month earlier, in like early December last year, you know, maybe I had gotten a little loose and lax, and you had had, like, a conversation with me about certain things beyond the scenes that I needed to clean up a little bit. So I had that as kind of, like, motivation for the new year, right? <laughs> like, i got to focus on this, 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 and stay on top of it. And then here we are a couple weeks into the new year, and I feel like you're sandbagging. And I'm like, he was next to me as I said it. He don't defend me? He didn't pick up on it? You, usually if there's something, you know, DA will tell me to edit it out of the PGP. I'm like... So not only he doesn't tell me, he doesn't pick up on it, but then he doesn't even call me last night to tell me that legal's looking to talk to him. <laughs> he just goes and says it. And then, instead of having a conversation this morning, you're going to play it on the air and turn it into a bit? What if somebody bigger hears this now and I get fired? I was processing all of this at the same time. And my <laughs> my biggest feeling in the moment, I think I uttered these words, was bleep this mother bleep. I'm done with him. <laughs> Ten years, nine years, it's been a great ride. It's time for me to cast my own shadow. I can't do this anymore. And rather than... <laughs> and, and Pete sees me in just this frantic panic. And this is where, I again, I remind myself, screw Pete. I'm not going to not poke the bear or bring up stuff. Pete lets me beat myself up. He sees me call my wife in a break, text my wife, text our former boss. He's letting me do all of this for an hour and a half. And every... I can't even focus on what's going on in the show. 
bleep this mother bleeper, bleep this, I can't, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, my kids, I'd quit and walk out right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling them all this. And Pete's, at no point is Pete telling me to calm down. It's just, you have every right, man. You should, this is, this is BS. Don't trust this guy. <laughs> so his poker face was amazing. Poker face? It was like he had a script written to him. Like, and I know, I thought I knew Pete. And I thought if Pete saw me that worked up, he would say something. But he was just, like, backing me up on everything. He's like, dude, if I was... And matter of fact, Pete's even saying things like, if you do get something, you know, call me over, you know. <laughs> oh, my he, God, he's really? really? He's doing a lot of that. Like, he's really wow. selling it like, like, maybe this is best. Maybe this is what you finally needed to get out of here. Like, Pete did enough of that acting. You know, he was Tom Hanks in that moment. <laughs> and then I guess at some point in a break, he finally tells you, like, I'm on the verge of, like, mental... He did. Breakdown. He's like, no, you really got to come clean because Mraz is like melting down over here. Never have I been like that in my entire radio crew. Never ever that mad, angry <laughs> on the show, upset, verge of you know tears. Like I like, almost like I need to finally defend myself. You know, I've been, I have everybody in my life walk all over me. The time is now to defend myself, and it almost led to me losing my job over a prank. Oh my god! So then I finally <laughs> cop to it. And then you were like, you don't have, you have no idea what I've been going through over the last hour and a half. You deleted the segment. You deleted the PGP slip up. You deleted everything. You scrubbed it. You emailed our old boss to try to get lunch. Created an Indeed account. <laughs> you created an account? Yeah. I don't have it now, but yeah. That, that time I was looking at Indeed. Do I move? I just bought a house. I had two kids. Oh my God. Maybe I go to Fayetteville. I, I need to do something. <laughs> this has gone too far. That's amazing. I guess in retrospect, maybe I can't defend leaving this off my list because I guess I didn't realize the depths to which you believed it. Which is where my voting came in. Yeah. Like, I close my eyes and I think about the year of the show. Like, you know when we talk about the way we voted and got to the 25, I basically, in no particular order, listed 10 that I knew there's no, like, when I think about the whole year, I can't not think about this moment this year. That This was one of them, yeah. as was Bob's bar. So there was no way it was not going to be up there for me. So interesting. So this must have been high on a lot of guys' lists because I had it off my list all entirely, and it hit number seven. But Which is the irony of the Shep-Bob's bar thing. The two guys that left Shep uh, and Schwartz at Bob's bar off were Bilotti and Cap. Both of them had this exactly as number five on their wow. list. So where you and Bogus had it completely off, they both were in lockstep, which is so funny that these two now are bickering. Over. They basically <laughs> shared the same ideals on the list. They both had it at number five, and I think it was at number seven for me, which is how it gets into the spot it's at at number seven. Cap brought up a good point because I explained why I didn't have it on my ballot, and that was that number one, I just didn't think it was so memorable that you would – I don't – I don't think we'll look back in three years and be like, remember the prank with Allen and Legal? And be like, oh, my God, yeah. I think it'll kind of be forgotten a little bit You're, for you differently. Yes, that's Because it affected thing. you so deeply. And maybe on like on a reverse Bilotti here, maybe I'm wrong for being too personal, but also it happened against me. So no, I yeah, it happened warning. to you. So yeah. that's why it sticks. I, I'm just living in a different headspace with you guys when I think about that moment. For the rest of us where there was no inclination be, beyond just yeah, like yeah, we're tricking Merez. You guys rolled on to sound check everything else for <laughs> yeah. you like it was a throwaway. Yeah, right. So that's why I don't think it'll end up lasting the, the test of time. And it dawned on me. Pete is next to me, so he's experiencing the same thing I'm experiencing. And Cap's got the stupid cameras rolling, and he's watching me mutter curses and the mm. whole thing. So when you think about it, you and Bogus were actually least affected or least noticed on what what that moment meant behind the yeah. scenes compared to me, Pete, and Cap. That's a good call on. That's a good call on it. I just didn't think that it was so memorable, but I should have had it in the top 16, I think. But then the second part was, and maybe this isn't a great angle, I'm like, this is a really complex thing to explain in a snippet. You know, we have to condense these snippets into like three or four minutes to play for the 12 DAs. This, like you said, is, it's a multi-part buildup. I mean, it starts on the PGP. It gets to the show. Oh, it gets to your house with fake phone calls the night before. Right. We re I record fake legal phone calls. We play them. I then tell the story on the air. You then flip out. You melt down. Then I break it to you. And then, you know, so it's just there was a lot to bake into it. I was like, I don't know if that makes a good segment for the 12 DAs. But as Cap says, he's like, should that be what we base voting on? And that's probably true. Like, we shouldn't 
If it's memorable, it's memorable. So either way, it probably deserved better than I gave it credit for. But, um, yeah, I mean, to hear how deeply it affected you, the Indeed account, that's, that's a pretty funny anecdote. Everything was, everything was on the table for me at that point. I was done, and I was not making it this whole year. <laughs> And now I feel better than ever on the show. <laughs> right, seriously. So we're through seven, and now we get to the top six. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible. I mean, it was just yesterday we were telling the story about does it even count? We have to get this deadline, this deadline. All those deadlines are way past. We're going to be playing the top six. Yeah, right. Goodbye. Exactly. And <clears throat> Pete's at such a funny – he's at such a funny energy where <laughs> – He's definitely happy that the year's wrapping up. We're having some good shows. Holidays are coming. He's going to have some time off. All you guys are going to be taking off that week between Christmas and New Year. I'll be the only one here (laughs) all five days, which is... You might be the only CBS Sports Radio full-time here all five days. (laughs) You are seeing the payment plan of uh, summer Fridays and summer Thursdays. enjoyed Rhode Island in June. I did. I I did. I did. (laughs) Floating around a pool is what I'd rather do. So... You're going to see the, the payoff there. but So Pete's in a good mood largely, but then you have a day like yesterday where he was so pissed, so pissed at questioning his vote, and then the fact that Schwartz versus was rated high, that he would lash out and say, maybe you should take away the vote of Cat. And was willing to give away his vote at one point. <laughs> and yeah, wanted to punt his own vote as a, as a matter of morality. Right. That... He's and then today he was great. Today he was happy go lucky and he was working with Carlos with a K behind the scenes. And, and, he was great. and at one point elbowed Carlos Carlos out of the way so he could get on Mike to explain himself again. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh but that Tiz is working with Pete. <laughs> it's very scary. You wake up, that alarm goes off, you press that button on the phone, you don't know what you're getting out of him any given day. And today the listeners wanted a uh, tip of the cap uh segment to cap. Oh, I have such a funny anecdote on this. Okay. So off of Tuesday's uh, Cap versus Pete, and should Cap have to? T- and Pete got all so wound up about that was Wednesday. Uh, oh no, Tuesday. Yeah, you're right. And Cap, uh, <clears throat> Pete got so wound up about Kaplan not having to be part in anything, and Pete had this, you know, rant in the newsroom after. So you read this tweet on the show, and again, screw Pete. He didn't have my back with the thing. He's still so angry that Cap doesn't have to answer for himself or do any of this that he just blurts out to me and Carlos. I mean, it's not like the guys put the show in virtual reality here. Can we relax? <laughs> that was the line. And it, I had to stand up and walk out of the room the next break. And I, I, I actually composed myself in the bathroom. Like, that is so funny that that went through Pete's head that here you are reading this whole waxing poetic tweet about Cap. And he's so ticked off that Cap keeps getting the accolades without having to answer for anything that that was what he thought of. Like, the show should be in virtual reality or we shouldn't be complimenting Cap. Cat or uh, Bellotti has just some great one-liners in the heat of the moment. Like today, when I said I had left Shed Happens off of my ballot, uh, is when Pete blurted out behind the scenes, "Wasn't it his prank?" <laughs> yes, exactly. It was his prank. <laughs> it's not like the show's in virtual reality. <laughs> Maybe if Cap had us in 8K, <laughs> then he'd be, he'd be okay that, to get some compliments. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. What? <laughs> but for the guys on Twitch or for the listeners on Twitch, both men and women that watch on Twitch, the simulcast and, and uh, YouTube, Cap, he orchestrates different clips during commercial breaks so that when we go to commercial on radio and radio listeners are subjected or the streaming uh, audio-wise are subjected to like the same five commercials constantly, people on Twitch and this YouTube get a completely different content. Right. They're totally getting different retro deal. content. You know, a lot of retro content we thought maybe burned. Memo, yeah, right. Memorable moments and uh, callbacks and stuff. So, like, they love Cap, understandably so. He's doing basically a show within a show. So, you know, he totally deserves a lot of love. I mean, and we just wouldn't be where we are without him. (laughs) What he does is amazing. And the Bilotti can't stand that Cap doesn't have to do, like, silly things that we force him to do, like, basically bake cookies for uh although cap did do that one i think but baking holiday cookies for katie or dressing up for uh, halloween or all the things that 
Pete feels put out having to do. Right. Well, not only does he feel put out, he feels like he doesn't even, like, he deserves the extra, like, thank you for doing this. Yeah. So anytime Cap gets, I just love it. It's I love so playing into it. Because I like both the guys anyway, and I, to me, a better day for me is the day Pete leaves here unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's side A. More on the 12 DAs on side B. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Merry 12 years of Christmas. How do you do? do? It's Mraz, it's Bogus, it's Side B. How are you? I think that was festive, Bogues. We're in mid December. It's the least I can do for you and your family at this holiday time. And there's a false start to the beginning of the podcast. So there's a, that's the second time we've done it. So. How could I resist the urge to join you in a ho-ho-ho? Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Okay, so a couple things moving and shaking. First of all, just briefly, because you guys can't see it behind the scenes, I mean, the holiday poundage, mega poundage, like to say, started. There was just a freshly baked ladyfinger cheesecake in here. Uh, I just pounded a slice of that pre-podcast, so I'm really energized up with the sugar. And it's gone now. It's gone, it yeah. It's vanished. A, a, a woman we have in sales who we've known for a long time made one cheek personally called me over and said oh, she did she did the old wave Mraz, uh-huh. you need to have this why'd you do that i'm either the poop guy or the food guy or both so i They're think that twines yeah but she wanted my stamp of approval and it was delicious so um i also want to thank a listener of ours a great listener of ours his name is mark bonovitz okay he out in green bay wisconsin has sent me a box of must be 70 pounds of cheese. Okay. Different kind of cheeses. So uh, everybody from the DA is going to go home with a hunk of cheese of some sort. Congrats to Pete. Finally getting rewarded. Yeah. Now, Pete will have last pick. Good. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what he gets. But Not yeah. cap. So I just want to get, you know, holiday season, food is here, right? So I just want to say cheese, cakes, cheesecakes. Yeah. How about that all together? Now, with that, a little cheese on the 12 DAs. We are taping this after we've played Built Some Shed, number seven. But this comes off number eight, the Schwartz versus Shep at Bob's Bar. And an interesting dynamic has unfolded because usually when you get to this time of the 12 DAs, it's a matter of where you placed it, but everybody has it placed, you know, candidates-wise. But what we saw over the last two days specifically were candidates that two people on the show specifically thought didn't even belong as a first four out. The Schwartz versus Shep Kaplan and Pete said to heck with it. And we'll get to Pete's rationing in a second. And then this one built some shed. You and DA didn't even have it as a first four out. Yeah. Where Cap and Pete both had it at number five. So it was like you guys traded. In essence, the way the votes worked out, I kind of was mediator. I had both kind of decently there. But essentially, these two falling where they fell were like trading places. You and DA believed in one. Pete and Cap believed in another. Your thoughts? So first of all, on a personal note, I, I think what you just laid out is supports my point that you asking us to vote for not just the top 12, but the first four out is a waste of time because naturally by voting for 12, there are going to be more than 12 options, 12 choices. So there's going to naturally be a first four out. There's no need to vote for 16 as we do now. It should just be the top 12, but that's my hill to die on more significantly. Um, yeah, I just, I like DA said, I just, I, this one just wasn't that good to me. Going back and listening to it again, I don't know if, as I've admitted before, there are times where I just, there's too much you. I don't know. But I remember just seeing it on the list, hitting play, and being like, okay, I remember this. It was funny. But it just didn't, it didn't feel huge. It didn't feel like a top 12 moment. And like DA laid out too on Wednesday's show, it's kind of a slow burn. Like it takes, it's a really long 
window of programming yes. boiled down into a kind of, uh, kind of a succinct story, and I think that hurts it too. So I definitely thought it was worthy of the top 12 because I it was so memorable. First of all, in terms of pranks, you know, I guess we do pranks. I seem to be on the end of them a lot. Yeah. But this prank registered with me more of the along the lines of on the air in real time, and I think that's why I voted the moment of, what are you looking at? You're staring at me. You said your stupid Charmin sweatshirt on. Everything, it's, you know, you're, you got the kangaroo pocket. You got the, the, the bear ironed on there. And remember that you have got ears on the hood. So there's, you're, there's a, there's a lot going on. You're leaning on cheese. Me. You're staring there's at me. a lot me. going on. I got cheese and bear outfits. Yeah. I'm not going to cut that out just so you know that I had to call Bogus out and stare at <laughs> me. Good. Because I'm wearing a, a Charmin bear sweatshirt. I'm going to look elsewhere now. Ironically, I got for pooping my pants. But anyway, it's like going home with a bobblehead at the stand. Uh, it's not ironic. It makes complete sense. So, yeah, with that dude, like... I don't know. I, I viewed it as the ultimate DA show prank because I know how upsetting I felt inside. So I definitely thought it belonged there. But to your point, even editing it, because we played two different versions of it, uh, there was stuff that I had to cut out or didn't have because it was so long. It's not like we could play back a full hour's worth of programming in a 12 DA. Right. And maybe that hurt it in the minds of, of you and DA. And DA, I think it said along the lines of the same thing. And by the way, we're taping this before side A, so he may have already said this on side A, but... <laughs> Just the idea of it just—it felt very long to not know how it would play and register. Yeah, as far as being an audio moment. And and this one, I definitely had thoughts about. This was not me just missing the Shane Dable bet. Like I just, this one just didn't do it for me. And I and I didn't have in the top twenty, whatever. It wasn't even at all right. It was off the board for you. Yeah, it just it just didn't re grab my attention. And it's old. Might have been in your top twenty five. That I didn't right. No, I know I did definitely not my top sixteen. Right. Right. But I I feel like it might have made the initial cut down. But it just it didn't elicit a response, and it didn't like some of the older things. It didn't hearing it for the first time in months didn't pull me back into the moment either. It just was, it was kind of like an uh, thing to me for whatever reason. All right, so with that, the day before. Yes. Shep versus Schwartz, yes. which in hindsight, I'd have to look back on where I voted him. I'm starting to think Shep versus Schwartz was undersold a little bit at eight, that maybe it was a top five moment of the year because I of think the cringeness and everything that went with it. But it would never have gotten to top five because Cap and Bogus didn't even have it in their first four out, obviously hurting the vote total. No, I had it, I think, the highest of the group, didn't I? I believe you did. Yeah. I believe you did. Uh, I don't have that right in front of me. But the bottom line is this. It didn't sail high enough up the board because of those two completely keeping it off. Yeah. And two funny things have happened since. Pete's defense, real quickly, was that he didn't want to reward Schwartz and Shep. Just yes. your overall expanded thoughts on that. It makes no sense. There is no reward. Nobody gets anything. There's no trophy. There's no certificate. There's nothing. There is no reward for being in the top 12. They might not even know that they made the list so, or not. I want to bring this up because for all the naysayers that we're talking about, we haven't gotten to one, two, three, any of that. Right. We talked about the original, original 12DA argument a month and a half ago was does the oopsie count for this year and next year? And I had this theory that Pete didn't want to be upstaged and all of this. Yeah. I'm not saying that this has anything to do with it, but this is what I'm talking about. There's a mind inside Pete where I don't think he's voting with a clear conscience of what's memorable. There's an agenda to all of Pete's votes. I mean, we're all guilty of having kind of different ways to look at things. But that's allowed, but there's agendas. Well, that's, that, was my, that was my next point, which is why on Tuesday's show, I defended Cap's I made a mistake defense because any number of things could play into the way you were, like the mindset you had listening to a clip on any given day or whatever. But so that's like an objective thing or a subjective thing. Pete made to me like an incorrect rule about the contest. Yeah. Like he just like he he made up something that has never been discussed before. Seems irrational to me from the fact that there is actually no reward. You don't get anything for being you don't get to come on the show. We don't give right. you anything. I don't think people are proud of Shep and Schwartz for for that moment. So like I just, I, I well, feel like he did this one wrong. I agree. And the thing I hated most about Pete's argument on the show on Tuesday was when he said, you know, and then poor Badlands Booker doesn't get rewarded. Well, Pete, if you felt that way when the list came out right. and we all looked at it, how come nothing in our text on their emails, hey, guys, are we overlooking? Yeah. Like, if that was really how Pete thought, then say something that we might be overlooking. Because you know what? We all might have said... Well, maybe there's room for two moments at Bob's Bar. Right. You're right. That was magical. But he holds that until he's called out yeah. to answer for it? I mean, I, I, me, that makes it a bogus argument. I thought that this moment 
could have been as high as number three. Because I think everybody yeah, I knows, agree. I think the oopsie and Sterling, in some order, the top two. And then after that, yeah, then, you, then you get, well, so that, but that's for me, that's how my list went. Okay. I decided between those two to start, and then I got into the next level, which was Tiki and this one, and I'm thinking, I can't think of what my other top five moment was in my voting. But that's how high I regarded this moment, because it was funny, it was at Bob's Bar, it was so significant. Right. How about that our signature event it's, of the year? Right. It still right. gets talked about. Like it, like I said on the show, too, it trumps everything else that happened on the show. Right. It's, it was more significant than Connor, than the Bravo guy, than Badlands, than the band. I mean, it was like, it was it was unbelievable. It was. It was. But Pete, Pete with a mind of his own. Uh, real quickly before we wrap, though, Pete's mm. other thought on Kaplan not being anywhere near a microphone and either should have his vote banned, which, by the way, Pete didn't like when he was called out on saying that and really backtracked. Of course he did. The whole basis of a lie and that whole thing, uh, he hated it. But your thoughts, this Ka- should Kaplan have to answer for himself a little more? Um, I wouldn't mind hearing from Cap more often, and I think just to up the ante and, I guess, to increase the odds of us not losing a bet, I wouldn't mind Cap making, like, college basketball picks for Death okay. by Salsa. Just that there's one more person in the mix to maybe be worse than me. I thought Kaplan did, but maybe I'm wrong. I thought only Pete, it was just the four of us. Maybe. But either way, I mean, Kaplan will listen to this before I've even listened yeah, to it. Yeah, I don't so need I don't need Cap like on a microphone all the time, but I but I, there are show things should, that I yes. think Cap should be involved in. Should he have the same weighted vote as all of us yes. while Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Nonetheless, in fact, he might get two votes because he actually pays more attention right. to every single show than any of us do. We will be way at the end of the countdown the next time we do a PGP Bogues. Unbelievable. What end of the year? What the last PGP of the year? Yeah, uh, or is DA going to do one while he's by himself? Uh, so he, better. And he absolutely, he better, he better. He better. Uh, although I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole because seemed to be a sensitive subject. That'll I'll ridiculous. bring it up. <laughs> I'm allowed to. <laughs> All right, uh, Bogues. Where can we follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Andrew Bogish. and you can follow me at Mraz CBS. Take care, everyone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.